Hello, hello, hello. Hi, uh, welcome to the season finale. Season finale. This is it, y'all. Okay. So you might be wondering or not wondering at all. What is today's show about? Uh, we back in the day, in the early pandemic day, uh, we're getting together on the Zoom as people were, mm. and we started this series of conversations, just kind of like having an open vomit out conversation about consent. I took some of those ideas that were that were in our notes that we didn't really super get to to address on the finale. Big topic. Big overarching topic is clearing up some ideas about the L word. Talking about Lesbian. love. Love. Lesbian <laughs> inspired love. Love. Uh, you know, we kind of touched on this when we were in the rom-com space about. A lot of faulty ideas about love that are perpetuated that yeah. we don't think are really true. And those, and those were good media inspired ones, but there are also weird cultural inspired ideas about love that we just continue to pass down even though it's never existed that way uh the funny thing about love and and i'm gonna speak from my own personal experience i've experienced love many different times mm -hmm. and each time it's very different very different yeah the first love is very different from the fourth or fifth yeah and i think there's a different kind of love that comes with partners that you're like, I know we're only going to be with each other for a good period of time, but like, I love you. Our connection is really strong. And then there's partners where it's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to try to make a go of it, whether it works out or not work out. And then there's love where it's like, I'm so intoxicated with this person. Ooh, the intoxication love. Yeah. Which can turn into a lot of different things, but it takes a lot of focus and work to turn sure. it into different kinds of love. I've also been in love with people that I haven't been in a long-term romantic right. relationship with, but I've had a very deep love for them, and that is just as real. Yeah, yeah, 100%. There's also marriage love. Marriage. <laughs> I don't know about marriage love. I know about long-term relationships. I'm going to tell you, you about marriage. I'm going to tell you there is a difference between marriage love and regular love. What is the difference? It, it, I mean, it's a hard thing to describe there. There is a shift that happens when, when, when you're like, I'm done. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. It's you for as long as we could fucking do this there's there's some things that like shift back and then there's some like other aspects that give up but you feel the absence of of questions leave the question of anything is this going to it's work? like it's are like we going to you there's no there's no point to even ask it anymore mm. do you know what i mean i mean like there may come a point where we're very stressed and, and we're having our own kids that we're like why did i do this what you know but but i'm still in that phase where you just go oh yeah this is this is it. This is you. I don't have to think about it. I know who you are. I know you're going to continue to grow and evolve as a human. Um, I'm going to love all those different things. I've seen what's out there. I don't. I, don't. I do not. <laughs> I've, want, I have, that, I've withdrawn my card. No, but from can we be? Game. But can we be real? That is genuinely like a very huge, a part. very real part of 
the beautiful process of accepting your partner's imperfections when you've had a chance to date around and have relationships with different people both long term and short term and you get a real sampling of what's out there i know we've said this before on this stream but you can't have no problems in a relationship yes what you can do is choose the range of problems that you want to have yeah what do you want to be arguing about and dealing with i mean Want is a weird word because you're like, would I opt into that? No. But would I take that over this? Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. As as frustrated as being in a long-term relationship can be, if you think for more than 60 seconds about what could I be dealing with? Oh, my God. Yeah. Don't leave me. <laughs> I, I thank my lucky stars. I have such a great partner. She's wonderful. And like, you know, we, we, we are lucky in the fact that, or not lucky, we, we, a model that works for us is, is a model of, of having our relationship be open. So it's not that we won't have connections in the future. Part of what makes our relationship an interesting dynamic is that we want to continue to support each other's growth Mm -hmm. as an individual and as a sexual individual of just being like, Hey, are you done exploring everything you wanted to explore in this life? No. Okay. Well then I guess like, I guess we should keep going, but also like, let's do this together. We're a teammate. And I think that is the like marriage love because there's no longer a, I don't know, maybe you. (laughs) (laughs) See what I I mean? mean? See, it's, it's the wording of marriage that gets to me because the whole till death do us part there, there is a kind of marriage in Brazil where if you don't like re up, re up yeah. every three years, your audit, the, the marriage automatically dissolves legally speaking. Super into that. And I kind of love that of like you, you have of the idea of coming together with your partner every few years to go, let's have a check-in. How are we doing? Uh, what are we doing? Do we want to keep doing this? Like yeah. if, if, if marriage was ever going to be in the cards for me and my partner, and we are also open, mm-hmm. I would want the vows to be more like, as long as we are the best person for each other's self-actualization and growth, as long yeah. as our dynamic is still authentic. Because, <laughs> you know, as, those as were as- our vows. That's amazing. Well, the big thing is is taking the sense of obligation out of it. Right. I'm not with you because I have to be. Sure. I don't fucking have to do anything. Nobody has Nobody to do anything. Nobody has to do anything. You always have a choice. There are consequences to each choice. Sure. But yeah. we always have a choice. We always have a choice. Uh, here's another crazy thing about love. You don't even need to be in love. There's mm-hmm. there, there are these ideas that we sort of like impress upon children. In a way where we're like, oh, they they do that. They kiss because they love each other. Right. And one day you are going to fall in love. Right. And you will marry that person and you will spend the rest of your life with them. And I I think there's sort of a a disdain towards long-term relationships that are not based on that intoxicating being in love. Yeah. Where it's more based on common goals and living compatibility and respect for each other and love and care just not the like romantic sexual love that i think everyone is trying to strive for a lot of the time it fits on every if you've had more than one relationship you will understand that there are different tiers 
and scales that you go up and down with different partners and different partners in different moments. Absolutely. I've, I've had to explain to people that um, outside of my what I call my primary relationship with my primary partner, um, I have some other people in my circle that I have a very deep friendship. Mm. A couple people I've known longer than my partner. So our friendship goes back literal decades. And there is a very deep love there. There's very deep sexual attraction there. But there's a third piece of the being in love, feeling romantic feelings that aren't there. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people get caught up where they say, well, if you love him as a person and you're attracted to them, that means you're in love. Right. And I strongly disagree. Same, same. I also, and this is a thing that you'll hear on, on Savage Love Cast if you listen to it, which I recommend that you do. Uh, I wish people valued short-term partnerships more. Oh, yes. There's yes. there's the definition with people of being like, how long have you been together? Or, you know, what's the point of even dating this person if they're not going to be your forever person? I think there's a lot of points. I think I wouldn't be able to be in my partnership now had I not had all of my other short-term partnerships leading up to this, which taught me a lot about dating people, myself. And a lot of times dating somebody for a short amount of time can sort of open yourself up to these new experiences that this person wants to take you to and share with you. Yeah. So you can get a lot of like personal growth and mind expansion in a very short amount of time if you're willing to just like dive in dive in yeah. with somebody if you're not afraid to be vulnerable with somebody if you're not afraid to really be intimate with someone and i mean like emotionally and mentally as well as physically right. or instead of physically whatever yeah but you know like those short-term dating or that like anybody ever gone on vacation and had a very intense few days with a special I someone. I wish. Do you no. like? I, I I don't go on vacation. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone I'm, on long extended work trips. Fair enough. Um, I got eaten out on a Hawaiian beach at two in the morning by this sandy blonde haired. Ended up being a complete like insane person but which man, happens which happens but those few days were gorgeous and beautiful and emotionally and physically freeing yeah and i do not regret meeting his very tanned self and there's nothing <laughs> wrong like we have a uh a, a mutual friend my wife and i mutual friend uh when he was in college got cheated on broke his heart so much uh, he's in his mid thirties now. He has not gotten into a relationship since, Ooh. including like even going on second dates has been strictly connecting with people and moving on. He'll give us reasons why, like he doesn't want to see a person again or like date. And I'm like, dude, you just need to date. You need to like start having some relationships because there's a lot that you need to learn about being in a relationship. You don't want to find someone that you super, super like 
and, and want have to that be in. the first time you're stepping into a long relationship. Right, because he is not building any of the skills that you actually need to be yeah. in an adult long-term relationship with somebody. So if he does meet somebody that he wants that with, he's going to struggle. He is going to struggle. And, and I don't want him to struggle. And especially if they are near his age, because they will be expecting him to bring a, he said, you said he's 30? Uh, 36. 36. Okay. So let's say that he meets this 34-year-old woman. That 34-year-old woman is going to be expecting him to bring a 36-year-old skill set. And it sounds like he's going to be bringing a college-age skill set. So it's hard. So can you date someone that you're not super excited about for a period of time? Fuck yeah. yeah. Who cares? And you know And you'll learn from it and, and you'll gain some experiences. Excitement can grow. Yes. New things in your relationship can come up as you increase communication and trust as you build experiences and a life together. Like sometimes that chemistry and that excitement isn't just from, ooh, I don't know this person very well, but I like what I see and I'm gonna find out more. Sometimes excitement comes from Oh my God, the more layers of you that I get to know and the more I unpeel, the more I like what I see. Yeah. I will tell you the most intoxicating relationship I had uh, did not start that way. It, It happened around like six months in. We had great chemistry. We had a great dynamic, but I did not take this relationship seriously at all. Couldn't give a shit. Couldn't lock me down. I was a free spirit wandering the world. And then all of a sudden, like six months later, I was like, I can't live without this person. This is the most unique and amazing human being that's ever graced my life. And and it happens. I mean, can can I tell you something from a personal perspective? I actually think that that attitude is 100% the best way to enter into a relationship. Oh, really? Well, well, because... I have never entered into a long-term relationship with the goal of I am going to be in a long-term relationship and I am using this dating to mm. figure out if you are the person for that. Right. Every relationship I've ever had has started out with, I have nothing invested in this. Yeah. If if this goes well, then I'll ask to see yeah. you again. And if it doesn't, then I won't. And because I don't attach this like need for a relationship and want for a relationship I don't place it over the wanting to just spend time with that person or see them again. Yeah. So that's what happens to me. Usually if it's going to continue into a longer term relationship around three or four months, I wake up one day and I'm like, Oh fuck. I love you. Oh God. <laughs> oh, well, Oh, well, now we got to talk about that. Oh, but it's man. worked out really well. Yeah, it works out. Uh, I will tell you one thing people talk about, the passion when you find that person that you're like, ah, the passion, I want the passion to be there. Mm -hmm. We will often find passion with people who are less than great people and And, are less than great people for (laughs) less than great people for us. And then there are people that are amazing partners and teammates who we may not feel as much passion for. Why the fuck does that happen? happens for a wide variety of reasons uh childhood childhood part of part of something that creates passion is the unpredictable nature of something so unpredictability is a central part of passion because your senses are they're, they're not dull they're not bored because they don't know what's coming right 
which is why you can have a lot of passion for someone that you don't trust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it yeah. sucks. It's fucking stupid. And then you have people, and this is the sort of like, in the zeitgeist, the like nice guy thing of being like, I'm actually a reliable person. Why are you so passionately attracted to that shitty person? It's like, because I can't trust them. And then you're like, I know that's a horrible thing to say. I wish it was different. But but <laughs> but that is why I'm passionate about them because I there's so much uncertainty going on. But then on the flip side, mm-hmm. I have been I have been through a relationship where I really couldn't trust my partner at all. And he left me feeling very judged and, Mm. and everything was unpredictable. And then with my current partner, when I started, you know, sharing vulnerable, emotional things with him, the fact that I wasn't being judged, the fact that I realized I could start to rely on him to listen and respect me and support me because I had spent so long in that other dynamic. I was like, oh, this dynamic has now become like new and exciting. Like you're just if if I cry, you're just going to wrap me in a blanket like (laughs) fuck me jesus (laughs) like it got exciting again yeah it does it does and they're not direct causations i'm not saying that like if you if you see someone you don't trust then there's a lot of passion there no uh i will give this i put this in my notes as talk about emmy and ruby who are my two dogs Mm. i want to give this as a parallel because it'll break down how we form those bonds with toxic people i can say my dog is toxic but she kind of is so dog number one comes along it's ruby very cute, lot of personality, sweetheart, wants nothing but to give people love, sometimes too much love. All right. But Ruby is just chill. She's chill, doesn't require a lot of maintenance. Dog number two comes around. Now, Emmy, when we first got her, I thought she was very vanilla. And I was like, Ugh, I don't want to keep this dog. She's so bland. All right. Once she felt safe around us, she turned into a total fucking psychopath all the time emmy has unfortunately 10 times the personality that ruby has she pulls she eats shit off the ground she requires so much of my fucking attention all the time and is insistent that always happens with second dogs because if the first dog requires that much attention you don't get a second dog right so the first dog is the easy dog you're like i could do this times two and then the second dog fucks your life up right so here's the thing when this journey started i was team ruby all the way i was like i don't know i don't I'm, I'm, i'm vibing with this new dog i don't know what's going on this is my baby who i've built this bond with and connected with current state of being i'm team emmy oh shit and and not that 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 there are two teams but 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 here's why ruby because she is the low maintenance stable unit in our group Mm -hmm. she's there doesn't require anything from me emmy requires a lot from me emmy and i go through challenges every day together Mm -hmm. and so when she has a tiny bit of growth i go through the fucking roof ruby who behaves 99 percent of the time she behaves again i go good job and so you find yourself forming these bonds with your problem child 
And that happens with parents of, of real kids. You, and it, it happens in relationships. It just necessitates a lot more interaction and attention. And when you do have a little bit of progress, you're like, I put in so much work I for this. So I work. earned this. What a huge win. Yeah. And I find myself when I walk into a room, I'll I'll go to Emmy first before I go to Ruby because like Emmy needs you. Emmy needs me. Building that bond is so important. She also is so much more reactive. I get such a big reaction from her sure. when I greet her. And Ruby is just there, the steady calm in the storm, offering me just the straight amount of love. And, you know, that's that's actually a really great like metaphor for why people that are in good and solid relationships sometimes tend to stop paying attention and stop being worried about maintaining their bond and connection. Yeah. Because if the sea looks calm and the boat's on cruise control, you're like, what do I have to be in the control room for? What do I have to pay attention to? This shit is running itself. Yeah. Everything's great. But what can often happen is that people are people, people's needs wants and feelings and boundaries can change and if you're not going back to your control room and checking in with your partner and checking in with yourself and doing that kind of steady relationship maintenance that is perhaps not the most exciting rewarding dynamic thing sometimes the boat can kind of get off track before you even realize it's happening yeah yeah so I think it's really important in a long-term relationship, even if it's wonderful and it's working, to just set up opportunities to check in with each other. Mm -hmm. And challenge each other. And challenge each this other. Is, this is something that's another uh, love myth that we were talking about. When people are setting up their kids or talking with their friends about you know, who they should get into a relationship, one of the m most common things is... Find someone that you like have a lot of things in common with. That seems to be the marker of like, if you like the same stuff, you're a compatible team. And I don't think that that's true. I, I think don't think that's necessarily true. I do think it's true when it comes to like core values. That's different. Okay. When people are saying Not people, are, they're, they're like, oh, you guys like, you guys like this movie and you both like sports and like, and that's how matchmaking tends to happen of like, hey, you, you guys like, you have similar interests. And but that's... you know, an interesting statistic. I don't, you're going to tell me. Many, many years ago, OkCupid did this like massive study of who was contacting who, which couples were staying together. Ah. They just like sort of had this whole like data breakdown. And they found out the number one question, because on OkCupid, you can answer questions yeah. about like who you are, what you like. Also like scientific questions like, which is bigger, the earth or the sun? And you can be like, if this person does not know that the sun's bigger than the earth, I don't want to meet them. Right. <laughs> just to make that clear. But the number one question that predicated whether or not the two people meeting would then form a successful relationship, do you like horror movies? Oh, wow. And if people had that question in common, that was the number one predictor for compatibility. Isn't that weird? I love that. And my partner and I watching horror movies together is actually a very core part of our relationship. Yeah. I mean, movies are a big thing in ours as well. It's great that you have things in common. 
things that you're going to do together so that you can build connection over these activities or hobbies. And also, it's totally fine if your partner doesn't vibe with one of your hobbies. Oh my God, your partner should not vibe with all of your hobbies because then that offers you the opportunity to maintain your individuality and your own identity within a relationship. Listen, there's a lot of people out there that love sports. I'm not not one of them. them. But the thing is, though, is like, could I have a partner that loves sports? Absolutely. It because depends to the extent to which they love sports. Well, but yes, if, if it's like 90 percent of their life and all the things you're going to be doing, that's that's different than my main point is if you have a hobby that is your own thing that your partner does not vibe with or understand, you are well within your right to be like, you don't have to get it. Yep. It's something that I derive a lot of love and a lot of value f- from. I should have my own aspect of my life that is my own thing that I get recharged by and then come back and bring that energy. Uh, this is this is another interesting thing because our partners are are like our best friends most of the time. Yeah. You want to share everything. So so you can also set up that like, you know what? I love that you love this thing. I don't super get it. And if you really want to share what happened in sports today or what happened at the whatever collecting at the thing, D&D game at the D&D game, like tell everybody. So my partner has built a D&D room in our house, in our garage. It, it is, looks amazing. It does look amazing. He's put a lot of work into it. And even I have to admit, it looks really like nerdy cool. I have very little interest in playing Dungeons and Dragons myself, unless it's like a once in a while thing, but he could do it every single week. So the the middle ground that we have found is that when something happens in a game that he's really excited about, I will absolutely listen to him mm. and like validate because in his imagination, it's a real thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. And I will be present with him and listen to him and he also knows that there is a limit on that. There's a window. There, yeah. You, you got like 10 minutes. A threshold. You got yes. like 10 minutes. So I, I can respect and appreciate the fact that he has this entire world that he is super excited about and fires him up creatively. And I want very little to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like what you're saying about the threshold thing. You want to still share the, the experience, but also it's okay for you to... Tell your partner, yo, I love that you have this. I can handle this much of it. Right. Because if you are not invested in the hobby, there's only so much of the language that you will understand. Right. right. You know, when when I have a really good day working as a makeup artist, Mm. I will come home and I will give my partner the bullet points that I know he can understand and validate me for, which is, you know what? Somebody came in that was really insecure about the skin condition that she had, but I covered it up really well and I did her makeup beautifully and she felt really good about it and we had a great day. Those points, he can say, babe, that was amazing. I'm so happy for you. But if I start going into, so I neutralize the discoloration in her skin (laughs) with these two products. And if I start getting super technical about it, like, why would I be surprised if his eyes glaze over? Because I'm throwing words at him that he has no experience with. I think it's also really important. You got to know who you are and and your place within the group. 
Okay. Mm. And this is part of why, like, even when you're having a relationship, it takes a village. A relationship takes a village. <sighs> you need monogamous or not monogamous or not. You need people outside of your partnership. Your partner needs people outside of your partnership to oh talk to. God, do they good, good example. I'm not a cheerleader to, to, to talk to. All right. I have seen my partner and previous partners when they are telling stories to some of their friends, they think every word out of her mouth is fucking amazing. And I love, I love my wife, but I just don't react that way. I'm, I, I don't have that same sort of like, Oh wow. Oh my God. And then like, I can't, I can't keep that level of energy up. Also, I know she needs that sometimes. I should I should not be the only person that she's telling telling things to because I will give very genuine reactions to things and get excited for her. However, I'm never going to go woo and like, you know, have a fucking party. It's just not. She deserves to have that reaction. Absolutely. From somebody. She does. And not only that, but if you have a solid circle outside of your relationship, Sometimes you can find the balance between respecting the privacy of your relationship mm -hmm. and also venting about your partner to yeah. close and trusted friends, which I am convinced is an absolute non-negotiable need in a relationship. Oh, that there are people that draw the line of being like, you're not allowed to talk about a relationship with anyone else? I... I I think different people have different levels of what they consider to be private and you can't tell, like sure, you, you sure, can't sure, share sure. this with someone else. Um, but I, I need friends whose opinions and life experiences I respect yeah. to talk to, to get a second perspective from about issues in my relationship sometimes, or sometimes I'm just like, can I just vent for five minutes and you say, that's really frustrating. I'm sorry that's happening. And then we can move on. That's like, great communication. I, I don't even need somebody. I don't need someone else to solve my relationship problems for me. But sometimes yeah. people that we live with and love deeply get on our fucking nerves. And that is real and okay. Yeah. But so this is for everyone out there. It's weird that this has not been an accepted truth that we should be encouraging our partner to have friendships and their circle of friends. Like yeah, it's, especially it, limiting the gender of those friendships. Yes. Yes. Which it is, is important that your partner has opposite sex friendships offering a, a variety of different perspectives. It's important that your partner is like having deep connections, meaningful, meaningful connections, connections not intimate connections if, if that's the space that you're in but meaningful connections you know they have them with their family some some do not every not everybody does uh family or chosen family yeah but the other thing is is like the especially when when we're experiencing uh challenging times in our partnership there may be a need an energetic reaction to like close things down and it's just us and God, doesn't and, that and create a lot of pressure? It creates a ton of pressure. And in fact, like some of the most amazing insights for something your partner might need might come from somebody else. You in that moment may not be the person 
that is going to be equipped to handle them. And also, here's the other thing about, like, it takes a village to have a relationship. Uh, if your partner has been really struggling with something for a long time and you've been holding all that space for them. And you are their one and only main support system you're fucking tired you're exhausted you need some fresh boots on the ground to step in and and assist so a lot of times if i think my partner is struggling with something i will gently ask hey have you talked to any of these five friends that i know you love and are close with have you talked to any of them about this have you reached out to them and said hey do you have time to talk i'm kind of struggling with something um just because For me, I think sometimes women and femme leading people tend to have those conversations with their friends a little bit more easily than men and mask leaning people do. Men, talk to your friends. It's real. Men, talk to your fucking friends. Please reach out to them. Um, About important deep shit. Yeah. And, and, And I know that that may not be in your practice and that may feel very awkward at first. But if they're your friends and they care about you, chances are they want to support you they want to listen and they probably have some shit going on that they could use some support on as well so through my pregnancy what has helped keep me sane is getting support from the other people in my life that have gone through this process yeah and sometimes i think i just need to like refocus my partner's attention on like hey you seem to be struggling with this maybe check in with one of your friends that's a dad that has been through this experience and can offer you some perspective because i can't you know what else is really great for your friends that your partner may not be able to give you uh they're the ones that can really call you out on your bullshit Mm -hmm. uh i tell you you're you're fucking up yeah you're fucking that, up here. You're like, Dial it back. You're like telling them a story and they're like, I think you're the problem. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh shit. The, is it me? Is it me? Am I'm I the, the villain asshole? in this story? The oh shit. Uh, yeah, I I have, I mean, I have a, a, a good variety of like really close friends, but one of the main things that is a, a truth with all my friends, all of my friends are very honest people that know in our friendship dynamic, I don't want to be told that I'm right. I, I want you to tell me the truth and I'm okay with hearing the truth. And there's some people that I'll talk to like my friend, Joanna, I loved talking with her about big life stuff, uh, because I'll find myself saying something and I'll be watching her face and I'll be like, she's not fucking buying. <laughs> she's not buying. Oh, she thinks I'm full of shit. And full she of shit? thinks I am full of shit. The thing that I've been telling myself is super full of shit. And uh, thank you so much for not tolerating my nonsense. Uh, And then I can go to my partner and be like, yo, I was being a dummy. And that's why it's important to have friendships with people that you trust and specifically trust their knowledge and life experience. Yeah. Because if you're venting to somebody and they say you're fucking up and you don't trust their opinion and you think they make (laughs) bad decisions about things and they are not intuitive people, you're going to dismiss that as you rightly should. As you rightly should. Like, I don't give a shit about people's criticisms of me whose opinions I don't respect. Yeah. It's just like kind of how I operate. But I do have those chosen people, you included, (laughs) that... If I'm like, this is going on, every once in a while, you'll be like, hey, hey. <laughs> here's a little reminder. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. 
sometimes a little sentence from you or from somebody else can just kind of bust open your worldview a little bit. I think sometimes when we're really emotionally upset or caught up in something, we can put on blinders. And we will not listen to the person that the feelings are about. The feelings are about. No, because they're biased and you're having all these feelings about them. Yeah. 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 Fresh perspective, man. It takes a village, everyone, have to have your relationships. You know, speaking of like how we handle things with our partners, another uh, trap that so many of us fall in. And the reason why is because the line is such a weird, moving, blurry line, which is being supportive of your partner without being their therapist. Or being their crutch. Or being their crutch. The most amazing thing that happens when you, when you are in a partnership that is a lot of trust is like that person becomes your go-to first person for all of the things that like... Any emotion that comes up, any thought in your head, yeah. any struggle you're having, you trust that person, you respect them, so you want to get their input. Yeah, and because you're you're connected with them... Uh, you want to share what's going on. You want to share what's going on. It feels... I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's not like I'm being unfaithful or like if it feels like if I'm going through something and I don't tell my partner what I'm doing, I'm being inauthentic, inauthentic or something or, or no, I, 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 but, <laughs> I feel the same but at the same time, there's, there are a lot of things that like, not that she doesn't need to know, but this is, this is a line that we walk with each other of like, we don't need to be hyper brutally honest in every moment about everything. That's not helpful. No, it's not. And you may be struggling with something with your partner that may be new and you haven't kind of quite figured it out yet. And the worst thing that you can do is like say these words too soon and blurt something out that you haven't fully fleshed out because people remember those words or say something in at an at a really inopportune or inappropriate time oh man like that you you got to pick your battles and you got to pick your moment i um i recently asked my partner i so i'm gonna be going into labor soon yeah (laughs) obviously and i asked him if he wouldn't mind writing me a letter about like how he respects me and the strength he sees in me. Cause sometimes, you know, hearing those words from somebody else can matter a little bit more than if you're Mm. trying to think them for yourself. And I was like, you know, if I just had this letter to read as I'm going through this process, I think it would be really helpful. Yeah. And for me, that was a very like vulnerable ask. And, and he said, sure. And then instantly kind of went into asking me to not do something that I had done that had made him upset, which is a totally valid ask, but to have that given back to me in return to this like vulnerable <sighs> request I made, it was, it was the wrong time. And I just was completely shut down and I regretted being vulnerable in that moment, mm. even though what he asked me was a totally reasonable thing that I absolutely want to do because he's my partner and I want him to be comfortable. Yeah. But like, Timing can be so important with these things. 
Yeah, timing's a real bitch. I don't think people talk <laughs> about fucking timing in life nearly as much as they should. Uh, some relationships could not work out just because it's the wrong time in your life or the wrong time in your development. Or, I mean, I I suffer from that timing thing and and have to bite my tongue a lot because my brain, the way that I am like driven is like, if something is true, then it should be said and it doesn't matter when it's said. Or how it's said? No, how it's said is important. Okay. But like, but the truth <laughs> is the fucking truth. And, then, and we need to know all we, the time. We need to know the truth all of the time. I know. I no, know. No, that's no, I I am a hundred percent there with you. And I got checked on that recently. Sure. I sure. I asked my partner, I was like, Are you like, are you curious about me? He goes, What? I'm like, I just I feel like a lot of the time I'm asking you these like probing, like introspective questions because I wanna know like what's going on with you uh. and where you're at and where it's all coming from. And I, I don't know. I don't know if I really get a lot of those questions back. And he looked at me and he goes, that's because you tell me <laughs> you volunteer that information. <laughs> so I am curious, but usually if there's something going on with you, it's out within 45 seconds. And I go, oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have uh, picked this up or not, but Rachel and I probe. <laughs> <laughs> We are just comes into our head. <laughs> unrelentingly curious people that just want information so goddamn badly all the time all the about fucking, everything all the time, which is like why we can offer advice and tips and talk about our observations. Uh, speaking of the truth, I'm going to tell you something. I should have gotten slapped this past Sunday. Ooh. <laughs> but I had to do it because it was funny and it was true. This is, you're going to, I think you all are going to love this joke. I'm sure so many of you have, have thought this in your head when you've been in uh, discussions with your partner and you should never say it, but I said it because it was funny. Here's the thing. Again, my dedication to the truth. We were out running errands. I was I was driving, so I was pulling into parking spaces, and my wife made the observation. She said, hey, you're pulling into these spaces a little too close on this side. What's going on with you today? You're not going to be able to do that when I'm I'm pregnant and like I'm like blah blah. And she was going on going on and and then i turned off the car and she's like okay so like just, just want you to know that that this is going to happen you definitely can't do this in the future and then i said well i'm sure you'll remind me <laughs> <laughs> you dumb motherfucker she said, what the fuck <laughs> and i was like i'm sorry you dumb motherfucker. i know <laughs> It was funny. Oh, I, is that what we're gonna do today? I we're gonna fight. Was it fucking tears? <laughs> oh. And I said it out loud. I said it proud because it was the fucking truth, and she will. To be and fair, I, and I and I love her and her observations. 
<laughs> we're we're accurate and great. And when that does come, uh, she's going to tell me exactly what I did wrong. To be fair, my partner and I have a rule in our relationship. If it's funnier than it is offensive. Yeah. Then, then oh. you get a pass. Oh, we both laughed. Okay. We both, we okay. both laughed. See, I put, and listen, that's something that works for your relationship. This is something I'm going to recommend to everybody. Uh, if you get married, if you want to get married, um, putting in your vows that you're going to make that commitment to each other every day and blah, blah, blah. But also that comedy comes first. If that's, if that's how your dynamic works. No, that's totally how our dynamic works. Yeah. If he can make me laugh before it makes me angry, then the laugh takes priority. But sometimes you being angry is the thing that makes it funny. That's uh, it depends on if the this anger, happened to anybody yes. else. You'd be dying right now. It's yeah, true. it's yeah. true. And but you have to know your partner real yes. well to walk that line. And that's part of the price of admission. But your wife pays to be being, in a marriage with you. Of being with me, uh, that I think that the comedy is so important. But sticking with the with the therapy and like, how much space do we hold for our partners before we're like yo you need some outside support and like i need to rein back how much i'm i'm holding space right now so i think that answer differs depending on the person you are right. and depending on where you are in your life if you are in a really solid place in your life and your needs are mostly being taken care of you can dedicate more time and attention and energy to holding that kind of space for your partner. But if it's been going on for a long time and they are not seeking other methods of support, if you are maybe not in a really great place and you need some support in return yourself, or if you're just getting to the point where you feel like I'm, I feel like I'm holding space more than we are actually enjoying each other's company yeah like it you, you have to check in with yourself and it's there. there's no definite of like 10 days 20 days two hours no, a day no, no. like you need to check in with yourself and are you getting burned out on being this space holder there's also a really man uh, i'm just thinking back to the the so many times when i was more impatient and also knowing so many people that struggle with the same thing if your partner is struggling with something the probing of like checking in with them all the time too much because what you're really doing is like is this over yeah when are you done when is this are we gonna fucking yeah move out of this phase it's kind of like when the first time someone sneezes you say bless you and the fourth time you're like hey you okay which means yeah. stop fucking sneezing <laughs> i say knock it off knock it off this is a, i don't have a solution for anybody i'm just i'm just for any of you that are out there that have gone through this or maybe going through this right now that that feeling of like man i don't it's hard watching my partner struggle with something mm-hmm there are only so many things I have any control over, which is actually quite a, a little bit, especially when it comes to influencing an outside human being. Um, you have to be both mindful of not pushing your partner through their process and also 
not losing sight of what you might need in order to stay in the process. And if this is going to take some time, you're like, you know what? I, I might need to hydrate more. I might need to like, I might need, I might more, need, support I might need more some support from my friends. I'm finding myself struggling and pushing them too much. Uh, you know, I have to, I, I got to go on more hikes. I got to do more healing yeah. or whatever. This rule can be different in every relationship, but the rule in my relationship is, have I seen a general trend towards progress and self-care over a large mm. amount of time? Not every single day you need to be better. Every single day you need to be growing just a little bit. Like there can be peaks and valleys, but if I zoom back over like six months, what I'm really asking is, have I seen you, meaning you, my partner, have I seen you putting in the work for yourself to heal whatever is going on for you? Because I can support you in difficult moments and I can empathize with you. And if, if there is something tangible you want my help on, which I will always wait to be asked before yeah. offering that shit, um, I'm happy to do that. But I am not going to make a therapy appointment for you. I am not going to sit you in a room with a friend of yours and say, you need to talk to them and get support. I am not going to journal for you. I can't meditate for you. Like all of these self-help techniques, mm. you cannot do them for your partner, regardless of whether or not you might want to. They have to be doing things yeah. for themselves. And everybody has a different time limit of how much time can actually go by with my partner not doing anything to support themselves where I am the only method of support here before something needs to change. We all need patience. And if you think you've got patience, you need even more patience. Yeah. You need a lot of patience. Patience is cool. Things just take too long. Well, I, I, I people, know, people are fallible. I know, I know that that's like the statement of someone who's impatient of like, God, man, fucking everything takes way too long. But it does. And because I feel that way all the time, I'm very patient around well, stuff. Change, fundamental change, changing your life, changing yeah. the way you speak to yourself, changing how you feel about yourself. These are things that are slow processes but again you should be able to zoom out and see a general trend towards growth yeah well that's a perfect transition to the next thing about love which is so many people measure love uh by how organically it happens ah it was so easy it just it happened effortless, effortless. You can probably give more perspective on this than I can, just because in, I think typically in heteronormative relationships, the dynamic is the men are the ones who make the thing happen. And the women are like, oh my God, yeah, it just so happened that we met and we exchanged information and we met up for a date and like, Usually I think the onus is very typically on the more masculine person in a heteronormative context. In a queer yep. context, it totally, you know, it's, that, all over the place. That, it's all over the place and that can go out the window. Um, yeah, but I, I hear mean, a lot of frustration from men that like, if we didn't do anything, relationships would never fucking happen. It's not universal, but there, no, but there, but there, universal. but there is a lot of truth to that. Like, as you were saying that I, I was like, 
have I ever been pursued by anybody? No. Here's here's the the typical way it works. Somebody will let them let the world know that they're interested in me. <laughs> Send out some signals. So that so that I can make the move. Right. Because to them that is making the move. That is making the move. Just announcing out into the ethers, I <laughs> I'm receptive if you were going to decide to do all of these different things. Uh and that is also unfortunately pending on your relationship dynamic, but this does fall into that trap a lot. Uh how things happen sexually too, of just being Absolutely. like my partners in the past, and I've had this conversation so many times because I'd like to be desired at some point. Okay. I would love to be approached. Um the most common approach will be, hey, I'm like ready. And you're like, come on over here yeah, and make it happen. Yeah. So, so if you wanted to like start doing a bunch of work for my favor right now, that'd be pretty, that'd be pretty awesome. I, I do have to note in that specific dynamic that sometimes I, I have struggled with that too, because the arc of time for arousal in male bodies versus arousal in female bodies are totally fucking different so a lot of the time what i'm saying to my partner is hey in this, this will be quicker in in this <laughs> in this arc that for for most female bodies takes anywhere from 25 to 45 minutes for full arousal versus for male bodies it takes about three minutes anywhere from 30 seconds to three minutes to be yeah. at full arousal I can say, hey, I'm 10 minutes into this. If you can help for the next 15 minutes, sure. then we're fucking good to go. But it also does sound like, hey, here's an opportunity for you to do more work, which puts a little more pressure on you. Well, especially if you're not there. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. I, 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 I would, anytime I am already at the, the full range myself, I will take advantage of it and be like, hey, let's go now. We don't need to we don't need to do all the flim flam first. Yeah. Um, well, I'll but... say the, 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 the issue that I've had when I've had this conversation, uh, because when I talk with my partners about what's going on, the number one response comes. I don't want to get rejected. Okay. I mean, well, I I, valid, I, I but... would I would sure I would love to feel bad for you, except I fucking do all, all of the time, and and like somebody does, and the answer can't be it's always you. You're always going to be the vulnerable one driving the decisions, and this is part of the 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 issue in that dynamic is if you are the person that is the one being the most decisive, especially if it comes to sex. Mm. then how the sexual encounter goes is your responsibility for some reason of like, well, I, that was like, okay. It's like, well, there's fucking two of us. Do you know what I mean? Like if no, at any point that you wanted to decide to do anything that came to your mind at any given moment, you had full carte blanche, right? Equal rights as I do to start doing something. But if you're not going to do anything, and I'm going to both carry the burden of 
being vulnerable, being the one that's decisive, being the one that can get rejected and holding the responsibility for the frequency of our intimate relationship and like how everything goes. And like what happens there yeah. and like putting out the plan. That's a lot. No, it is. And and I think that that the potential of that rejection is very much devalued for you because, well, you're the initiator. So you're used to getting rejected. I'm not. And that's a lot to put on me because you're at the point where you can brush it off, but I'm not. Right. Because what that really means is, oh, it sounds like you need to be more okay. You need to do the work to be more okay with your partner saying no to you. I think this is a very common dynamic in relationships where one person's needs tend to be prioritized over the other person's needs. And it does happen for a variety of different reasons. And also for everybody out there that may have experienced the same frustrations or or issues in your own life uh it can change by having these conversations like yeah. uh each different partners that i've had my partner that i have now like that that growth process has been wonderful and exponential um building more trust building sharing the the weight of the experience mm-hmm. a little bit more happens but you have to be able to have that conversation with your teammate and the way that I have phrased it with my partner is that the one thing I said at the very beginning of our relationship is I do not want to have the full responsibility for what happens in our intimate relationship. I need to be surprised. I need to have things because here's the problem. If you're always driving the ship, there are no surprises. No. If I turn left, I knew you know, I was going to turn you know left. No, you're going to turn left. If I decide, hey, I'm going to switch positions, and then we do that, guess who saw it coming a mile away? Me. The person <laughs> steering the ship. There is no new information for me unless the ball is thrown back. And that's kind of like how we talk about it, is like putting the ball in each other's court, giving each other surprises. And, and just to branch out into a little bit of like a kink element – if you are the one that is always making decisions, it can be very erotic and freeing to be the one that makes no decisions. Oh my God. If, yeah. you, if you can have a sexual, if, if you are a direct person that speaks your thoughts and makes things happen and makes brave choices and all of these things, it can be such a relief to in the bedroom be like, all I have to do is say yes. Yeah, that's my job. My job is to follow orders and say yes or, you know, say yes within the boundaries of what feels okay and appropriate and what I want. But like that can that kind of surrender and that kind of letting go of planning and responsibility can be insanely arousing. Yeah, I get it things it's and 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 communicating that is important and things being a balance important. It may also be really hard because we're all built differently. If your partner is only aroused being in that space, I know that there are people that have that dynamic where it's like, I'm only turned on because the person is putting a lot of effort into being attracted and approached to me, Mm. approaching me. um, And I can't, it's not arousing for me to come up to you and do stuff. Sure. Like I'm, I'm, I'll do it if you need me to, but that's not what's really going to get my motor running. Right. Yeah. Right. God, we're all so different. 
we're such beautiful amazing snowflakes uh we're talking about things happening organically oh organically starting a relationship organically can be tough also when you get into long-term relationships i want to say like outside of your comfort zones and that's an important element nothing happens organically you have to make (laughs) effort to do a lot in your relationships if you want to have uh this is like a big marriage counselor thing if you want to have that passion back in your relationship it only happens by putting work in that makes you feel uncomfortable and you have to experience new things you have to experience new things together yeah uh there's a lot of people that are like i want that to happen but like i don't want it to feel like work well then it's not gonna happen oh well yeah we we don't live in that fantasy world we live in the real world yeah where if you want things you are going to have to put in the work to make them happen but but when we talk about when people are getting hype on the organically conversation Mm. They will look back at the beginning phase of their relationship and be like, oh, man, it was just so effortless when like this kind of thing happened. How can we get back to that effortless space? And uh, you can't. You can't. You can move forward into another space. You can't. But if you have a partner that is saying those phrases to you, and I have heard so many people say those to their significant others, that's a boundary that you can set of like, yo, we're not going back. No. What you can do is get really specific about it. Some Something that means a lot to me, like cards exchanged on like birthdays, anniversaries, holidays. Like if I'm getting a card from my partner, I, I want, I, I want the card to have like, like a bit of, of a heart opening. I, I, I mm. want I want to hear something from my partner that I don't really hear from them on an everyday basis. So what I have communicated to my partner is like, hey, when you write me a letter or you write me a card, remember like the texts you used to send me when we were first dating uh-huh. and the amount of like thoughtfulness that you put into them and the amount of like, I really want to communicate to you very specifically how I feel about you. I was like, I would like you to bring somewhere close to that attention okay. when you write me a card, which doesn't mean I want you to act all the time like we acted when we didn't know each other very well and yeah. we, when we were like confessing our hearts. But I do want the presence of thought. I do want to see that this took you more than five minutes to write and that you're trying to communicate something real to me that I don't get to hear from you every day. Those are specific things that are reasonable of me to ask. And they are things that my partner can actually take action on rather than make me feel like you did when we knew each other for six months. Like that's an impossible ask. It's also important what you're establishing is this is very specific to you. There's a lot of people that fall into general traps of like, I get my partner flowers. My partner doesn't like flowers. She doesn't like cards. That's not our love language. In fact, our love language is the opposite of that. Uh, This past Valentine's Day, one, we never do anything for Valentine's Day. I just so happened to have done a job for American Greetings. And (laughs) 
they said I could take home as many cards as I wanted to. You're like, that number is zero. No. I took this opportunity to take a bunch of cards home that were all stupid puns because my wife likes puns. And what I did was uh, I gave her a card in the morning and she was like, what? What is this? Why did you do this? This Why is this is so this? we don't do anything for Valentine's Day. She was so like upset. She's like, I didn't do it. We don't do anything for Valentine's How Day. Why are you, you give me a card? And then I put another card in her backpack, another card in the car, and it was just a series of cards. So this is like a prank at this it point. It was a prank. That's and great. And that was our love language of her being like, what the fuck are all these cards? Not only do we not celebrate Valentine's Day, but why are there so many goddamn Valentine's cards? That's really funny. Uh, and then eventually at the end of the day, I told her, I was like, I got them all for free. And that was the final beat of the joke. I think that's great. But that's, you got to know yourself. If loving pranks are a big part of your relationship, those take thought and effort too. Not pranks, jokes. Jokes. Yeah. It had to, it's, 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 I'm not trying to make her feel stupid. I, it's only about it being funny. That's totally fair. That's totally fair. But yeah, if you want to recreate those feelings, be specific in your pursuit of them. Yeah. I, I couldn't just wait for my partner to like read my mind and like wax poetic in a text message out of nowhere. This is something that would make me feel really good. Here's how to do it. Yeah. Go on. Or there's people that are like, oh, we're going to we're going to go really explore in our relationship. Like, I would love to have a threesome or something. And it's like, that's great. That takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work. You, you got to meet a lot of people. You have to go and actively pursue and, and create those like, yeah, but I want it to happen organically. It's like, oh, OK, well, sometimes it can. They they absolutely sometimes can. Sometimes it absolutely and can. And they're wonderful. And like you should build a depending on the kind of person you are, whether you're checking a box or or you really want to like build a connection with somebody. Well, what, what I think about like threesomes that happen organically, when I think about that, what I think of is luck is preparation meets opportunity yes that's what i'm getting at so if you want a threesome if that is something that you have spoken with your partner about and they are on board and not just like oh sure but if they are on board and excited and they're like that's something i would like too the best way to let it happen organically is for you and your partner to discuss what you would like to have happen in a threesome, what kind of person you're looking for, what are the boundaries that you're going to stick to during that threesome? Is there a, a signal for maybe like maybe hey, this is this is maybe this evening is going this way? Yeah, like should we pursue this? Or also, once you get into it, like is there a signal for I'm feeling overwhelmed and we need to back down? Yeah. Like if you have those conversations and put all of those things in place and you do the prep work, then you are much more likely to meet somebody to know that maybe this dynamic is happening for both of you to be open to pursuing that person. And then it can happen organically. If you've already discussed the boundaries that you want to have in a threesome, then you don't have to be on edge during the threesome. Const- is this, are we, the? Because that is when feelings get really hurt in a threesome, I find, is when one person stomps over the boundaries of the other person 
that they didn't even know they had because they didn't fucking talk about it. And the time to talk about it is not when you're about to have a threesome a lot of the time. No. Although you totally can. Yes. You can check in with the person and say, hey, this is kind of what we're interested in doing. How do you feel about it? Or like, do you have any boundaries we should know about? Because that is a great conversation to have. But I understand if like you don't want to have a boundary conversation with your partner in front of somebody who's not in your relationship. Right. Um, Speaking of which, I'm going to jump into this last thing, which is what happens when your partner is crushing or experiencing love with someone else. Mm, That can bring up a lot of different feelings. Yeah. Range of feelings. So here's the thing. And this, and, and, this last thing about love is not just for people that have open or non-monogamous relationships. Or this is for people that are in monogamous relationships. I've been in monogamous relationships and have had this happen and have navigated this space. One thing we know is true is that when we get into a long-term relationship, your partner, whether they tell you this is or not, is still attracted to other people. There will be other people that they will have either tiny or big crushes on, and that is okay and normal, and there's nothing to really be done about it. Yeah. To come in, a little little flirtation is good. A little flirtation is also good for your relationship. Then there's also the layer. So there's they're going to be attracted to people. Mm -hmm. There's also the layer that like your partner, something we know, feels love towards other people in their lives too. They could be friends, family. They are able to exist in a space where they have love for someone. They're also experiencing attraction towards other people. And then what happens when those two things are occupied in the same space? Well, obviously they can never see that person again. Well, I I am no. not going to discount, especially like younger me. And, and I feel differently about it specifically because of the partner that I'm with. Maybe my like biggest fear and insecurity having uh of losing that love and that connection that you and your partner have and that's which i which i think is the biggest fear for most people and that's what comes up you don't want to lose what you've built yes yes there is also a thing around i'm just trying to like recall the ideas that were coming up in my head i remember phrasing things of like it hurt me that someone else was experiencing something that was so special mm. to us. Uh, that was supposed that, to that be was... just for us and you right. shared it. Right. And now it's not special anymore. Yeah. Well, it's not that it's not special, but it's just like. I mean, it It can sometimes feel yeah, like. it can. Yeah. It, it can feel like some of the special factor has been taken away. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, holding space for that is like a really. Rachel already said it's natural and it's, and it's also challenging. Um, You know, one of the, there's this book called stranger in a strange land. And uh, my favorite literary character named Jubal Harshaw was like an old Southern lawyer in the, in this book. He was talking with, with, with one of the main protagonists who was, upset that like the person that he had been in love with is at this place where everyone is sort of like free loving and connecting with all these people. Mm. And he kind of broke down, you know, what, what jealousy was. And as they're talking about it, he's like, 
don't you think it's amazing that this person that you're in love with can make so many people so happy? Mm. And that touched on the like special thing, the thing that I was like, oh man, I'm really worried about that thing going away or that thing or me no longer having access to that thing and that just being out there in the world and I'm the only person that can experience the magic that that person is bringing to the space. I think that was like the hardest part. Yeah, I do think so. In case we haven't covered it before, I think we have. There's this word compersion. Compersion. Which is basically the opposite of jealousy. Jealousy is you see your partner enjoying themselves with somebody else in a friendship or sexual or any kind of capacity and you feel bad. Compersion is you see your partner enjoying themselves with somebody else and you feel joyous or you feel Mm. happy for them. You feel positive feelings. I think... Almost everybody can relate to compersion in one way or another. Sure, yeah. Because watching your partner have a positive effect on people, watching your partner shine, Mm. I think for most people is a very joyous moment, is a moment of pride of like, look at them go. Yeah. But this is why I love them. This is why I picked them. Exactly this. And I think if... You can focus on that aspect and understand that just because your partner is letting their light shine with other people doesn't mean that there's none left for you. Yeah. That's that's the key, is tapping into that feeling that we all can already access of being proud of our partner. And maybe we can extend it to more intimate situations. I think some of the issue comes when people are in situations where okay maybe it's fine that you're like oh they have a crush and that's cool and whatever i get it that person's attractive they're having a good bond with them but if it crosses a threshold where they're spending more time investing energy into that dynamic Mm. and no longer investing in our dynamic then there's a real issue absolutely and that is a very real issue whether you're monogamous or not right right um I've, I've told my partner several times that I always feel better about him going on dates when I feel like the same attention, the same like, hey, I'm going to consciously set aside time for us to connect and us to have a date. If I feel like that work is being put into our relationship, then I feel great about him going on dates. Right. But if we haven't been on a date in a while and then he has taken the brain space to create a date situation with somebody yeah. else then that doesn't feel amazing for me. Right. Because. And that's, and that's something for like, no matter how open and cool and chill you are, these are still boundaries. Boundaries. That like, uh, where the relationship is out of balance and, and it can infect us all. And just to make it clear, you can be super laid back and chill and cool and still have boundaries yes. and still have needs. Having needs does not make you needy. Okay. That's a really important thing because there's so many people that are like, I want to be cool. I don't want to be the person that I want to be the cool girl. Yeah. I don't want to be the person that has these boundaries or like have have these feelings. I'm totally cool with everything. (laughs) Throw it at me. You can't shake me up. Try. You can't. Don't don't do that to yourself. No, that's like a really hard thing. Is is there there are moments where we have our potential selves 
where you're like, mm. you know what? I fucking wish I was potential Peter in this moment, <sighs> but I'm not. I'm this Peter in this moment. This is the Peter that arrived with these circumstances showed up. Is it my best me? No, but it no. is the me that's happening right now. And there is empowerment in acknowledging the you that is showing up right now and yes. respecting the you that is here right now. Yes. There is yeah. power to be found in that. Yeah. I I will find myself, younger me, would find myself uh, getting stuck in that trap of like, this is the me that I want to be. And this is the, this is the like human idyllic way in which we as people should show up even though i'm like i am not feeling safe or supported or like blah 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 but like well i think people should like dot 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 and and talking myself into shit that i i wasn't okay with you know i think that's something we all go through yeah. that you push yourself to do things that you are not comfortable with that are outside of your boundaries or that you don't feel like doing because you want to prove something. You don't want to miss out on an opportunity. There, yeah. there are so many reasons for making what might not be great decisions. Yeah. And that's okay because then you get to forgive yourself. And you get to forgive. And if you're good at forgiving yourself, you get good at forgiving other people because if you're human and you're allowed to mess up and you still deserve forgiveness other people are also allowed to mess up and they also deserve forgiveness man wow wow thank you all for listening in on this conversation we're just wrapping up some things about love sharing with you our things that we endlessly ponder about uh things that we have learned so many things that we've learned through grueling real life experience. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in to the season finale. I think uh, we explored a lot about what love and relationships are like and how to do them mindfully and safely. In and as in much a way that enriches your life and does not detract from the quality of your life. Yeah. Because that's really what relationships should be. They should. They should be enriching your life and overall making it better. Great. Well, listen, we'll uh, we'll talk more in the future about what the next iteration of consensual conversation means. But this is this is the last of this current phase. Until the next time. Thank you all for joining. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs>